Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the Gaming Manifesto, the official podcast of RobotRepublic.com. My name's Callie and I'm your host. Returning this week I have Riku. Hey. And a new guest and host of upcoming wrestling podcast, Crust. Say hi. Hey guys. Hey. Uh, so let's kick this off as usual uh, with what you guys been playing. Uh, Riku, do you want to go ahead and tell us? Um, yeah, I have begun my, I don't know, this would be like my sixth playthrough of the Dragon Age series, um, so that I can get all of my story bits in order uh, ahead of the 2023 release of Dragon Age 4, which I'm very excited about. Is that confirmed um, now? Um, yeah, well, it's all but confirmed. All of the rumours, all of the hype surrounding it, um, a lot of kind of various uh, other less reputable news sources like IGN um, are, I know, right? Um, have all been kind of suggesting and uh, Bioware have kind of dropped very big hints uh, that they're going for a 2023 release date for Dragon Age 4, which is very exciting. So I'm kind of working my way. I've started kind of playing my way through them from the beginning um, and I'm currently playing through Inquisition at the moment. From the I, beginning? What is the beginning? Uh, Dragon Age Origins is okay. the uh, first one, um, which was released. It was actually it was Xbox 360 game because um, I'm playing them through on Xbox this time around instead of PlayStation uh, because Good. they are free on EA Play if you've got Game Pass Ultimate which is quite nice so that's my summer sorted now after last week's oh I might play Yakuza unfortunately I've fallen back down the Dragon Age rabbit hole and I probably won't be out there until the end of August you um, owe Connor an apology <laughs> I do owe Connor it's Connor if you're listening I apologise I will pick up Yakuza probably in September um, or when I invariably get bored of the epically le- long length of the Dragon Age games you're talking about um, playing it six times. They are very long games to have played six times. Yeah, I think my kind of average run, like aiming for as far as completionist as possible, is around 200 hours per playthrough. So that's the only game I've played more than my repetition of the Dragon Age series is Final Fantasy fourteen, And I'm not going to talk about my playtime on that because it's horrifically embarrassing. Uh, but yeah, so I've um, been playing uh, Dragon Age uh, Inquisition recently, um, started again, trying to make slightly different decisions this time, but because this is my world state that will carry across into Dragon Age 4, I don't want to make too many different decisions that I'm going to then have to go back and redo. So I've got about five or six different save games at the moment on like big major 
Can you tell me about that? I, I've played a tiny bit of Inquisition and couldn't really get into it. Like, um, it's another one of those games where everything's kind of a, well, not bullet sponge, but like a magic sponge where they don't really react to your attacks. They just numbers come off them and then they eventually got die. So it's not really my kind of thing. But like, what, what do you mean by world? The whole world state. So back in the day, Bioware kind of created, and they did it for both. Uh, Mass Effect and for Dragon Age, but I think they've kind of kept it going more for Dragon Age. That your the big decisions you make when you play through Dragon Age or by or um, Mass Effect games have the potential to carry across if you save the world state. And with Dragon Age games, you can save your world state to the dragon, what they call the Dragon Age Keep. Um, so basically, you know, your who your character romances, whether you decide to, you know, jump on the bandwagon with mages, or whether you go down the Templar route, or whether you decide to kill people or let them live, or whether you're siding with, you know, an aggressor versus a passive force, or whether you hate Dalish elves who are like a little bunch of nomad elves that wander around. So if you hate them, that carries across. Um, so my current playthrough now is reflecting my Inquisition playthrough is reflecting all of my major choices that I've made on replaying Origins and two. So that I've got my world state nice and tight going into Dragon Age 4. I mean, knowing me, I will probably go back and replay the whole series just for a kind of lore perspective. Because there is so much lore in those games uh, ahead of the release of Dragon Age 4. Um, just so I'm kind of like completely 100% up to date with it. But This blows sure... my mind that you're talking about replaying it prior to the release. I thought that's what you're doing now. It is what I'm doing now, but I also know what I'm like. And I know that you know when release like... date gets announced, I'll be like, right, that gives me, I don't know six months to power through all three of these hugely narrative driven games that have got such a brilliantly well written story and stuff in them you that would know, take me fun. literal years literal years to probably get through one of those games <laughs> like... about, yeah i'm sitting there going i'm about a third of the way through inquisition now and i'm like i've only been playing it for about three or four days i made a cool looking dwarf um he was a short guy he had cool gray hair looked a bit like a hipster um <clears throat> then i got kind of bored of it and left so yeah that's that's as far as i've gotten it but with these world states though like if you kill some characters like how important are these decisions for the next game because surely they can't write like a bajillion different sort of threads it's for not the next one. it's not based on like individual characters but there are like major plot points like in dragon age origin you determine who will become the king of ferelden so kind of like the world is split into like the sarah kind of like various areas you've got Olay, which is all kind of very um nobility focused they've all got french accents they're all very much masquerade balls they talk all very hoity-toity then you've got ferelden who are a bit more rough and ready scrappy kind of what we'd class as britain in the dark ages that kind of like scrappy rough and ready let's go have a punch up kind of thing Uh, and then you've got the tevinter imperium which are a bunch of magic loving um blood mages no one really likes them they're a bit of a shady organization everyone's pretty much you're either part of the magisterium of mages super highly intelligent uh magic users who have hundreds and thousands of slaves or you're a slave basically um but like so in dragon age origins you have the option to determine who is going to be the king of ferelden and then whoever you choose to be king of ferelden in origins if your world state carries across is the king of ferelden in two and then is the king of ferelden in inquisition so it's things like that and you know if you so it's choose... literally transporting from game to game yeah so the story that you the decisions you've made on like major plot points throughout each of the games get carried across into the next one so if your oh, character like yeah it's Has a anyone really... else ever done that before um not to my knowledge in the same way obviously kind of like mmos do because you play the same character and your character stuff always kind of moves on to yeah. stories but from a kind of like 
single player action RPG. I don't, to my knowledge, I do. So not I know think Elder Scrolls don't, because otherwise there'd be not many chickens left. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. By the time Elder Scrolls Six comes out, there will be no wildlife left. <laughs> no the people. The whole of Tamriel. There'll be no, there'll be nothing left <laughs> in Tamriel. All the merchants' <laughs> shops are boarded up from being robbed constantly. <laughs> there'll just be, yeah, economic downfall. <laughs> Inflation's ruined from robbing and selling it back to them. <laughs> And um, does, does these uh, you say like the king going through to the next one? Does it actually have a major impact on further story though? Because like I'm just like struggling to see how they would like write the next game when like they could have so many different things. Or is it is it one of those passive? It's in the background. It doesn't really matter who the king is. You know, it's not going to make a big deal. Going it's mainly, forward, it's mainly done in like passing dialogue and stuff. So like there's a scene in Inquisition where depending on a path you choose in terms of siding with mages and templars. Um, if you decide with the mages and stuff at the end of that whoever you put on the throne at the end of dragon age origins rocks up with their spouse and it's just kind of like well we're here to take back this castle that has some baddies in it and then you're there as the inquis as the inquisitor and you're just kind of like don't worry i've sorted this mess um <laughs> so it's only, yeah it's, it's not like the things that will actually affect like the outcomes of the games are just like nice little it's it's yeah it's more kind of like so in Dragon Age Inquisition, your playable character from Dragon Age 2 is there That's as a cool. character. He rocks up about a third of the way through after you lose your first base and then you move into this magnificent mountain castle, which is breathtaking. Um, your character Hawk from Dragon Age 2 rocks up and you can then stand there and have a chit chat with him. Um, there are some like bigger decisions that carry across as well. So like in Dragon Age Origins DLC, you can choose whether to follow one of the characters, one of your party members through these kind of like mystical gates that are called these mystical mirror gates called alluvians um or you can choose to destroy them and if you choose to destroy them that gets brought up in both inquisition and in two as well as kind of like plot points that actually alluvians are more rare because you decided to destroy them instead of keep them and stuff so it's, there aren't like huge massive plot points and stuff but a lot of it's like law building and world mm. building and stuff and it's, it's just nice nod to the player that these are the decisions that you made and that's really they cool. are affecting the world around you like and where i've every dragon age game i've played i've played as a mage which is hilarious because mages are seen as a dangerous threat and they're all locked up in these little conjugal circly things where they all have to kind of you know i imagine it's a lot like a convent sort of scenario where they're all locked away and kept under the rule of templars and stuff to make sure they don't do anything naughty like accidentally summon demons um and every time i've done that that's kind of like nods to the fact that well the hero of ferodon was a mage and oh the champion of Kirkwall, who's your character in two, or oh, he was a mage as well. And it's kind of like cool. you get these nice little nods and stuff that kind of throw back to it. And it's, it is quite nice, and I really enjoy them from that perspective. Um, and narratively, they're brilliant, and they have some of the best antagonists in a in video games as well. Much like Bioware do, you know, Bioware villains are just kind of you know pretty well rounded. I mean, my Bioware experience is what Mass Effect. I've played number one. I am going to play the other two, but um, that's another one that actually does have some carry across. I know you can get yeah. your uh, you can get members of your team killed in each game, and if you can get like to the very end of like free, and you've just got everyone killed, there's like a DLC where you're having a party, and it's basically just you at that point, which is hilarious. Yeah, it's what everyone kind of says is the canonical proper ending. Oh really? Of Mass Effect is that DLC because it's oh yeah nice. yeah it's it's a nice upbeat ending. Sure, sure. I thought you meant um, the canonical ending oh, no, is you having no just... friends. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, really. well, that's pretty uh, pretty cool. And an actual reason to keep people alive. 
It's yeah. Generally, uh, yeah. yeah. I sort of do things like I'll, I'll protect people or hoard things to at the end of a game and then go, oh, well, that was pointless. Um, whereas opposed if there's a consequence. My, my teammate needs the potion to live, but I'm hoarding these at the moment. I, I, what if I need my 99 <laughs> potions and I can't yeah. pick up any more for later use? <laughs> what about yourself, uh, Crust? Playing anything? Um, only Sea of Thieves, my, my usual. Usual, um, yep. I've, I've been cha- changing it up a little bit, though, this week. I um, I was reminiscing slightly of the, the olden days. Um, sea of Thieves has been out over three years now. Oh, really? Has, uh, had a lot of changes. Mm. Um, so I, I went back to my roots a bit and started doing a couple of um, original uh, voyages. So just going around, killing some skeletons uh, to cash in the skulls to the Order of Souls, uh, digging up some chests, um, which, to be honest, if, if people have played Sea of Thieves now, there's so much more to do that you may avoid these very uh, sort of original and low money and rep quests but i i because i've i don't need need it i was just enjoying myself sailing around and seeing what what came came uh, came about flash swagger showing off don't even need the coin anymore i'm just doing it for the fun pl20 <laughs> um i'm trying to think if i've even played anything this week oh yeah no i've played um last last stop i think it's called uh, it's an uh, indie game by Arapurna. Arapurna. They're like my favourite dev now, I've decided, but I can't remember the name. Anapura. They make um, like just small little kind of cute games. They've got that Stray, the one where you play as a cat coming up, which unfortunately is only on... Uh, well, it's on PC, but it's coming to PlayStation, so I'm probably not going to be able to... You just going around shitting in gardens. I hope so. Oh, you can scr- <laughs> they showed a demo for Stray, where you can literally walk up and push the X button to scratch a sofa. <laughs> like you're being an asshole cat. cat. <laughs> you're a cat with a backpack in a world of robots, and you can just walk up to the sofa and just scratch at the sofa. And I was like, I want to play this game so I can be the biggest douchebag cat in the world. Did you ever play a Dog's Life back in the day? No, no, I didn't. It was a game. It was a game you play as a dog. There was presumably things you had to do. I, I did complete it. I think I was on like I was like sick off college or something. Um, and yeah, you can literally just go around and take a shit at will. Like there's a button to go and take a shit. It sounds like it's my fucking sort of awesome. Game. I just want to play that now. It's just so good. But yeah, anything where I can poo at will. <laughs> the one power like you... you would carry across to real life if you could. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, last stop by Annapura. Like you're playing as three different people. There's like three separate stories. There. Um, one of them you're playing as like a young teen in London, uh, and. There's a dude who's taking people back to his apartment and then they're disappearing. Anyway, you end up um, kidnapping the guy like and holding him hostage somewhere. And he's got spooky, glowy eyes and he's full of all kinds of magical powers. Like, I'm not, I've not completed the game yet, so I, I know what he's doing. I don't want to give any spoilers because oh, it's just it's awesome so far. Um, then you also play as a secret agent style woman um, who's cheating on her husband. And you get to just, you know... Play it. It's mostly dialogues. If you've ever played the Telltale games, it's basically that, but kind of a little bit better, to be honest. Um, I don't know if your dialogues actually make a difference. It is maybe just a playthrough narrative. Like I've only played it through one time, so I can't tell if like choosing different things actually does different bits. And then the third person you're playing as is just the most depressed guy in the world. You're playing as like a middle-aged, fat, balding man uh, who's 
isn't with his wife anymore, lives in a crap apartment with his daughter, who's like adorable and great, but he just has nothing going for him. His life is just like, you get to play a day in the office as him, and it's just like scanning like press buttons to type. No, it is. Like, it's a brilliant game, but this particular out of the three stories, you play as him, and it's just like, man, I actually feel like I should kill myself now. Like, this is so depressing. Doesn't the kind of like middle aged guy body swap with some yes. like hot young twink guy? Uh, I mean, I don't know how to categorize him, yeah. but he is like, yeah, you, you swap with someone who's like a uh, like fitness millennial guy. game developer or something, isn't he? Or something. Stop jumping my, jumping my game here. <laughs> I <laughs> so, wonder yeah. if it was um, the intern or something at the studio and they said to give him a part. <laughs> replicated his job it's, into the game life scanning um, <laughs> actually well as, as riku so rudely just jumped in saying uh yeah you, the guy you body swap with is like a game dev and there is a bit where you're at the game dev office and they're asking you to like crunch basically and you just know like the boss they've put in there who's a bit of an asshole must be based on someone's actual like experience like you could just kind of tell crunch they've as definitely... an exercise no no as in like um putting oh extra hours to get something out on time oh okay <laughs> the boss walked into the office drop down and give me 50 crunches but i don't want to this is shit <laughs> fucking this game do it sounds weird <laughs> but yeah you body swap and then you're you know living the life where you're the hot young guy and he's the big fat guy and you're living together both of you get fired from each other's jobs um and presumably you're trying to swap back but yeah it's um it's keeps you going like each chapter is quite like a small it is. It's definitely yeah. It's definitely a game you play through. It's not like there's game mechanics you have to do much. It's just dialogue options really, and walking about. But like each chapter is quite small, so you get to the end of it, and then it's like okay, I've got time for another. And I ended up like, I don't know how far through I am like overall, but I've done like four chapters from each person now. That's quite cool. I was it's also going back to the whole game manager thing. Isn't he like some like short balding man who looks a little bit like Peter Molyneux? Who's Peter Molyneux? Uh, the... Oh no, the um, dude from Black uh, Not Black Lion, uh, Lion Is it Black Studios. Lion? Lionhead no, Studios, Lionhead Studios yeah, yeah. who did the Fable games mm. Looks um, a little I... bit like it like, I don't it's, think it looks like slight... him That guy looks quite Isn't that guy like, I know he's, you know Joked about, but isn't he cool looking at least <laughs> No, he's like he's like a balding Middle aged man, I think I've got Hang on, I'm bringing him up Oh wow, yeah he, uh, he. I don't know if that's the guy, he looks like that guy in the game Balding middle aged men look cool too Especially yeah, yeah. If they're listening. <laughs> yeah, don't go. Yes, they do. They judging do. these peeps, uh, judging our listeners who are probably mostly bold and middle-aged men. No offense. Um, <laughs> so I, yeah, um, I... go for it. Sorry, carry on. No, please. After you, I, I just randomly remembered I did play a game yesterday, and I completely <laughs> forgot. <laughs> what was it? Uh, n- n- nothing too interesting. Um, it was Forza Horizon Four. Okay. The, um, the... Nothing too interesting. Just that, like you know award-winning level game (laughs) yeah i know i mean it's not new or anything i suppose it's the recent um announcement of of number five coming out and being based in mexico isn't that is it five or six it is five isn't it yeah five yeah horizon five it looks amazing like i mean for forza horizon i'm not a racing game guy like but that game just looks so pretty plus you can chase chase sheep on it um so it's quite a winner yeah, the but, freedom yeah. you get. My horn is actually a sheep. That's awesome. So I, I just like really annoying cool. people coming up next to them and barring. The Mexican um, one's going to be sick. Though. Have you seen the pictures of it? 
and like the video footage from yeah, within the game. And it looks so cool. I, I can't wait. Um, when they first come out, I really do get into the hype because, as you know, I am a bit of a car guy. Mm. So it, it really, it, it's like the just the initial. Um, sorry, I'm sort of going off track a bit here, but when you like load into Horizon, no pun any of the Horizon games, you start as if you're traveling to the festival, and they really make it feel like you are part of it and you get the excitement of, of driving to that there's people around you other cars um to race and it really gives me that buzz of, of almost like real life car shows and festivals and things like that so uh, I, I can't wait for the for the next one um, should i be a perfect game to have like a simulator like you know strap into a car seat they give you the visual from just the front you know from out the car so you don't see your car sort of thing and actually drive around because it's such a beautiful game especially the new one that's going to come out it looks so close to like real life you could be feeling like you're driving around mexico if they could make a pitch, like old school arcade Callie, it wouldn't surprise me if that is there um, <laughs> i know the earlier forces they they really tried to push them on connect um mm. but as we know that kind of flopped i never had to go myself but it, it, they were always connect ready, and I, don't I can imagine how like just sitting there in your sofa with your hands in front of you as if you're at a wheel, just looking I mean, the like thing a tip. Is like, they were like, <laughs> they were really good because I know that like my dad, for example, loves racing games and whatnot because you know he's a man. He's a dad. Fish. They all do. He's, he's a dad. He loves racing. It does yeah. love racing games, um, and he's got That's like what a really, happened to really... me. Hey, until <laughs> I have my daughter, suddenly <laughs> love a racing game. <laughs> but my <laughs> dad's got like this amazing time. steering wheel. Um, with like pedals and everything and like i've had a go on it and it does it is really cool and i did say to him i was like could you imagine a vr headset with this and my dad was like that would be ridiculous i was like but that would be so cool it would like a really good in like you know really I, I good think... decent vr headset with the steering wheel and stuff would be like driving a proper car that's definitely more achievable for a home situation i mean i, w- I would love mm. to have the opportunity of like an actual car straight you know one that like wobbles mm. around and you feel the kind of g-forces as you're doing it especially crashing Ooh, exciting crashing imagine if it the, hurt every the... time <laughs> <laughs> you just have a brick someone throw a brick at you from outside anytime you do so you learn your lesson um talking about like those driving wheels and this being a dad game i think i had gran turismo 2 or whatever came out on playstation 2 um four i don't know but like I remember Dad buying a wheel and the like uh the, the feet pedals for it and that is such just a dad interest. I had no interest in having that when I was like eight years old, really. Maybe it's just I've never been into cars, but I, I loved it. I, I played oh, yeah? Um, okay. I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Grand so Gran Turismo. I played all the time, but the the damn licenses I, I you had to get to get into the racing was horrendous and you as far as i can remember you couldn't bypass them so you almost had to do tests to <laughs> get, like you did, you basically did your driving tests to get was, into was, the racing back in series. the days back in the days before we had internet connectivity on any console it was a case of oh if you want to progress you can't buy a loot box to help you through you actually need to get good yeah and, and as a sort of seven-year-old, it was hard. It work. was really difficult. I do remember saying to my dad, "Can you do this for me? I can't yeah. do it. Yeah, and I want to race. I just want to go backwards around the track and crash into people." Basically. <laughs> yeah, I did the same because you had like a really small selection of cars, and I was like, "I want the good car. I want the nice cars, but I'm not allowed <laughs> them." So I literally said to my dad, "I was like, can you unlock these for me?'" He was like, "Yes, sure, that's fine." Um, <laughs> I think I remember having an Audi TT on that the the Gran Turismo I played. That was the sort of one of the starting cars. The only one I really recognise as a car. 
Uh, and speaking of dad games, I actually have played another game this week of Flight Simulator, which is awesome. <laughs> like I, I recommend it. Like I, I don't know, it's not one you're gonna just smash hours out into. It's definitely just a relaxing game. How many um, times have you crashed? It's irrelevant. So How many thousands of people have <laughs> is you it multiplayer? Killed? Uh, I don't think so, unfortunately. But <laughs> I'd love to just like fly alongside each yeah. other, hanging well, they've out. Well, got that um that like uh Tom Cruise, what's it called? Top Danger Zone, yeah, Top Top. Uh, it'd be awesome <laughs> when it just flying. I'd like, love it if you were there. Coming out, like, I wonder Boeing, if you can have to taking <laughs> yeah. all, the, all the kids to Disneyland, and yeah, then I just come down. above you in like a jet, do that upside down waving. So we have to report this. This is a terrorist incident. <laughs> <laughs> and you can I, I went to the first ones I did was like the Himalayas because they have that as an option and the pyramids um, I went and tried to, and landed around the pyramids or flew around them and it's so fucking cool actually just going and see these places I can't go and see or especially at the moment um, I did and I hadn't considered this at first like at all and then I saw someone talking about it on like Twitter and was like why haven't I considered it but going to my own house um, so yeah like it's got my my little town on there Oh, really? Went to check it out. Yeah, it's sick. Oh, like I like the places I take this. the dog and go for a walk. You know, I was like looking at the fields below me, just like, oh man, that's where. That's How's where it I walk look my on your Series X? Uh, sick. And it's actually impressive that they've got that running. I know plenty have said this, but like I downloaded this on my um like high spec gaming laptop last year, and it made the thing fucking like so hot. <laughs> it was ridiculous. Like it was burning <laughs> trying to play that game. Uh, so yeah, the fact that they've got it just running on the consoles. Real good. Luckily, I also the series X run hot anyway, so it loves yeah. it. <laughs> Just use it to heat my house. Don't you need your heating on? Yeah. <laughs> um, Let's play flight I, simulator. You can pause your like plane and just use camera mode to go and kind of do like a walking tour of the areas you're above. Oh, Someone was it. saying they that's did it with Stonehenge. Cool. Yeah. So I I spent quite a bit Stonehenge. of time trying to trying to like crash that's land my car. Pay. Yeah, when I have to pay to approach <laughs> the stones. So those stones have been there for like five thousand years, and now suddenly need upkeep money. <laughs> but um, I, yeah, I kept actually, trying like, to walk up to the stones really closely because I I remember when I was a kid back in the day, going to Stonehenge, and you could go right up close to the stones. But like in the last like 20, 10 to fifteen years, there's been like they've moved this barrier further away, so now you have mm. to stand about three hundred meters away from the stones, and you're like, but I can't. I used to be able to touch these. Can you actually, like, with the little camera mode, go really close to the stones now? Yeah, I mean, you can go, you can sit on the stones with your camera mode. You're not, like, an actual person. It's just the floating camera here. So, yeah, you can go right up to it. Um, It's bad that my first thought was, can I cross with the game where I can just take a dump amongst the stones? (laughs) (laughs) God damn it. (laughs) Can I take a dog and then turn the camera into a dog? There's probably a mod for that somewhere on the internet. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> shit in all your favourite locations <laughs> shit in your neighbour's garden at last <laughs> um, but yeah like, I, I tried landing all around my, my little town and so apparently you don't have to you can actually just get out and look so uh, I'm going to boot up and try that again at some point I think that's what people complain about this game of like once you've looked at your house what else do you do but it wasn't even the first thing I thought to do with it like when you've got beautiful things like the Himalayas like go check out Mount Everest why would I'd I look like, in my shitty town? <laughs> I'd go and fly over Hawaii or something like that, you know, just to sit there and be like, I really want to go here on holiday. I went above Japan at night time, oh, um, Tokyo. Sort of. I mean, it's just, you don't really see much, to be honest. It's a lot of just the same looking houses. I, I'm sure there's an area, but it's, Tokyo is fucking huge. I don't know how much I'd have to fly or where to fly within Tokyo to get to the 
kind of like glowy bit, <laughs> like the really cool bit. But um, it then crashed out on me, which is annoying. But hmm. yeah, no. Bloody sounds like your Series X isn't as powerful as you claim. <laughs> sounds too like powerful. Too, too, too powerful. powerful. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. I think I probably have quite a lot of games on like quick resume at once. I don't know. It was. It's, it's only been out like a few days on, or like a week on. On console now, anyway, so I'm expecting patches to come along at some point. But yeah, nice. it's sick. Um, anyway, we've got the competition to run now. The competition, since our robot overlords overtook, um, can't really be called what it's been being called. So we do need a new name. If anyone has any suggestions and would like to write in to, uh, say, editor at robot-republic.com with an idea, or just hit us up on Twitter, that's probably better, don't fill my inbox, uh, <laughs> then let us know. But yeah, guys, you got anything? Any thoughts? Robot-based competitions? It can't be Robot Wars. Probably not Rock'em Sock'em Robot either, because it's not about really related to gaming. The Cog Cup? Yeah, see, the, our, our guys over at, um, our, our dear pals over at Gaming Sandbox, who beat us recently at Gang, gang, gang Beasts. And we don't no, talk not, about that. We, did, we didn't lose, it was a draw. Well, yeah, I, I think it mostly was a win to us, if anything. Um, just not the final match. But yeah, they they, they did suggest the uh, Coggy Cup, but I feel like I can't say that successfully without it coming out very rude occasionally. Cup. The Coggy Cup. <laughs> so, uh, Robolicious yeah. Trophy. Robolicious Trophies. Not bad. It's kind of stupid and I quite like it. Um, nice. But right in with suggestions. But for now, uh, let's get going with the Robolicious Trophy. <laughs> Fuck, that's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> You're preferring um, so the Cog Cup already. <laughs> Should have stuck to the... No, we can't even mention it. Not even talking about it. The old name. So, um, guys... What you're representing this week. If you want to go ahead, uh, let's send this to the guest and host of future podcasts about wrestling, which is as yet potentially unnamed, potentially has a name, Crust. So I am supporting, no surprise, Sea of Thieves. Yep, that is very unsurprising. Uh, you may, people, you may have caught our 24 hour charity stream where we so kindly raised £220 for Macmillan Cancer Support and uh, had. Crusty play and see if he's on stream for that. So, if you did catch that, you're well aware of his mm, obsession. Yeah, I, I think it has become an obsession. That's fair. Um, <laughs> Thieves is a basically sandbox pirate game by developer Rare, which um, was purchased by Microsoft. So they've got big backing. Um, obviously, you can purchase it like a normal game. Quite often, it's on it's on sale. Um, you can get it on Steam as well um, for Steam. PC support. You don't have to actually sell me the game, like just. Sell I, I, the I'm going to sell it. I'm going to sell it. <laughs> I already um, got it. I don't need. I can't it. help it. It's, right. um, it's going to be an and, and, and it's mine. on Game Pass. Uh, it is, which, which just makes it an absolute bargain of a, of a game. <laughs> um, so that, it came out in March 2018, and I have played since day one. Um, I, I always recall the first day playing i was on with you Callie, and i think we spent half an hour just laughing jumping up and down in the tavern playing instruments and uh i do recall and do, did we know about the vomit feature at that point the drink we would definitely would have we definitely would have been drinking i, I think it stems to that yeah the, the <laughs> sick being sick all over each other's screen and throwing buckets of sick at each other <laughs> 
So the fact that three and a half years later, nearly, I'm still playing, say, on average, probably three or four days a week at least, um, with very little gaps. Yeah, I'd, I'd say it's turned into an obsession. See, that doesn't necessarily scream as a good thing because you could say the same, like a lot of heroin addicts could probably say the same about, you know, I've been on it for three years. I enjoy it so much that it it keeps me coming back. It's not a grind to me either. I I find it very fun. The social aspects of it I find fantastic. Um, It's actually made me new friends without sounding sad. Um, (laughs) So so all of that pieced together, it's not something that I think I have to go on, which I have had in the past with games like Destiny, Warcraft, things like that, where I'm thinking, oh, I need to get on to to achieve something or I'm going to miss out. Um, Mm. It's more I want to play. The fact that you start with a fresh boat every time, you're not continuing exactly from where you left off apart from money and reputation and the way you look. So every time you dive in, you have no idea what's going to happen. Obviously, you can guide it a bit, but because the world is completely open um, with other players and you can't control what they're going to do, there's no passive mode or anything like that. You just have no idea what what adventure you're going to have, uh, which is what I think makes it so special. I think when you say like, uh, there's no passive mode, you can't control what's going to happen. So basically what you mean is you're going to get sunk by someone bigger than you repeatedly. Not necessarily. Uh, I mean, the, <laughs> something that they, they introduced, um, I think it was in year one, um, towards the, the end of year one, was alliances. So you can actually ally with other boats, but doing so, that just means you share some money with the, um, the other crew. You get 50% of their, their cash in, mm. um, as long as you haven't got an emissary flag. But you don't know what that alliance ship's going to do. Are they going to turn on you and double-cross you? Are they going to be really kind and friendly and jump on your ship and just have a laugh? Are they just going to sail around in a circle and be no use at all? So, well, then again, they could follow you around, sink you straight away and make your life a misery uh, (laughs) until you leave the server. Uh, But I think that's the beauty of it that keeps people coming back to the game. I actually do like that about the Alliance because I've played before plenty of times with yourself um, and you can make an Alliance and you think it's all good and then you get betrayed and it's nothing more infuriating than that. And like at that moment, you kind of wish, why can't there be a case that you can't shoot your alliances? But then that's the fun of the Sea of Thieves. You're pirates. You could betray each other. You know, there's no honour among thieves. And you can be fully allied with someone one minute and then just decide, yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna have that treasure for myself rather than the 50% and take them out. So it does <laughs> definitely adds a lot more excitement than if, if, if they made it a case of alliances were just, uh, you know, it would just be a money grind in a game if that was the case. Um, people do exploit that. If that's the way they want to play, that's fine. Um, I can see some advantages to, to doing that. But I think having that fear and unknowing what is going to happen from the PvE and PvP elements makes the game so exciting. Um, obviously, you can learn how things work and how you think people are going to play, but you can never, ever be certain. It keeps you always on edge. So with that intro to CFPs, I want to throw this over to Riku to uh, tell us what you're going to be representing this week in the uh, Robo fancy trophy thing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I was in two minds about what to rep for. 
Um, I am going to go for, personally, my most beloved game series ever. And I don't care if I don't win, because it's not going to change my opinion, because I am going to rep for the beautifully stunning and masterfully crafted Kingdom Hearts series. That is a surprise. <laughs> I know you were weighing up a couple of different ones before. Um, the other being, of course, Final Fantasy XIV, which I did think there were some early shots taken by Krusty there of, uh, <laughs> you know, a game where you have to go back on to and you have to get back on and grind. Oh, so. I was paying attention. And that was when I was like, Do you know what? I was coming. I was coming. I'm going to not choose the award winning. I'm just going to very quickly cross into wrestling here. Sorry. But whereas Josh was deciding there, and then in my opinion, backed down a little bit, <laughs> I, I imagined I was like the Undertaker. And, <laughs> and and my music kicked in and it was like he's here <laughs> just the lights went out the second you said it didn't feel like a grind i was like well <laughs> well we'll hold fire on that game for another week until i can win that does make um, a nice t- twist though you just taking the wind out of any like argument he had prepared sale oh no <laughs> i still think i could beat sea of thieves with final fantasy 14 but i have been wanting to rep for kingdom hearts for a let's while let's leave that and... for a rainy day <laughs> We're gonna, I'm going to leave 14 for a rainy day and I'm going to rep for my favourite game series ever, which does not come with its lack of faults. It has quite possibly one of the most convoluted and confusing storylines ever written. Uh, we have three main series games, but to understand what's going on in each of the main series games, you need to play all the little subsidiary side games to fully understand the story. But Kingdom Hearts is... I It was one of the first proper... With the exception of Final Fantasy VIII, it was the first proper JRPG that I finished to completion when it first came out back in the early 2000s. And it was just mind-blowing, the fact that Square Enix were like, we're going to release a completely original uh, IP, and we're going to team up with Disney, and you're going to be fighting the Forces of Darkness teamed up with Mickey Mouse, Donald the Duck, uh, Donald Duck and Goofy. And it was, you know, as a child, I was like, oh, this is so amazing. I get to play a Disney game. But I also get to play a Final Fantasy-esque game. And there are Final Fantasy characters in it. And it's really cool. Um, and it's just incredible. The whole story, I, the story is, like, you know, you do need probably about two or three hours. A diploma. Stroke days and a bachelor's degree to fully understand the complexities of some of the story aspects. But playing it on just a surface level without going too deep into, like, all the lore and everything else, it is still a really satisfying game. It literally, it boils down to good versus evil but the good versus evil is done in such a beautiful way you start you the main protagonist through the vast majority of the games without getting too you know confused and whatnot uh it's sora um he's a kid he grows up on a on a small kind of island community with his two best friends riku and kairi if anyone points out that that might be why i named my my nickname is riku you can do one That's, <laughs> that was obvious anyway Pff, god um and one day they, there's this mysterious door and some guy in a big brown kind of cloak rocks up and it's all very confusing. It's always like, what the hell? And there's a door that doesn't open on the island. And at the start of the game, you do all this stuff. And the idea is the kids want to leave the island and go and venture into the world. And they want to go and experience the world because they feel that the island's very secluded and compact and stuff. Um, and then the night that they're going to jump on their raft thing, uh, the, the night before they're going to jump on their raft as a group of three friends and go and try and explore the world a bit. Uh, the door on the island bursts open and a flood of these teeny tiny little uh, blackish blue imp things called Heartless 
burst through and they kidnap Kyrie, who is Sora's best friend, stroke questionable love interest. Um, and they kidnap Riku and Sora's like, oh my God, what is going on? This is terrible. Um, and you then spend the whole of the first game traveling through various Disney worlds. Um, you un- All of the main antagonists in Kingdom Hearts 1 are big Disney villains. You have to fight Captain Hook. You have to fight Jafar in Genie and Sorcerer mode. You have to, f- and then it all kind of like tops off with what you think is the final battle against Maleficent, because obviously she is the leader of the Disney villains, and that's kind of like across the board. All people that love Disney know that Maleficent is the leader of the villains because she's just amazing, and that's OG Maleficent, not Angelina Jolie Maleficent. For those of you that are going, what? Where's that come from? It's original 1950s Maleficent. Um, and you battle her, and you think you've won, and then it's unveiled that actually there's a much bigger threat, and that the Heartless and the Darkness is kind of ruled by this guy called Ansem. Um, and then you bow him because he's possessed Riku and it's really heartbreaking and then Sora has to like kill himself to save Kyrie, and that's just Kingdom Hearts 1 and then you move into Kingdom Hearts 2 and you're introduced to Roxas and this idea of nobodies and when someone's heart gets stolen their personality is split into two so the body um, becomes can I, can I just stop for, you're so going to cut me off because you're going to say it's convoluted already isn't it? bear with me a second I'm just having an aneurysm um... so rude <laughs> so rude so, so that I actually don't know where to begin with this. Uh, the only thing I really took from that is it's good versus evil, but somehow I'm the evil... I'm not done with my argument, thank you. Somehow the evil isn't the Disney Corporation in this regard. I mean, people have argued that the big bad of the first three games, which are kind of... They've been, over the last kind of like few years and stuff, they've been kind of subtitled the Xehanort saga because the kind of overarching baddie is Xehanort, who was masterfully voiced um, originally by the late and great Leonard Nimoy, who was just fantastic. Um, who's this kind of ancient master who understands the dark and light and thinks there should be balance and to do that decides to unleash darkness upon the worlds um, kidnapping the lights um, to wage a war between light and darkness to form something that will allow him to transcend um, kind of like... Sounds like a nutter. Mortar. He is a complete bloody lunatic. He's also bold with a goatee and he looks really cool. Um, when I'm in my 60s, that's basically what I'm going to walk around looking like, and people are going to probably lock me <laughs> in an asylum or a home. And you're going to um, be going bold in your 30s? Shut up. Um, <laughs> basically. Um, but it's not just the story. I mean, Kingdom Hearts, there are so many, like, from the story perspective, it is, it's very convoluted. There is an awful lot of stuff to kind of keep track on when you're playing through it. Like, with a lot of kind of like Square Enix's big kind of JRPGs, the stories are really quite complex and stuff, but what gets me every time is that you've got this beautiful blend between action RPG, Final Fantasy stuff, and Disney. And it's just, it's so heartfelt. For someone who I grew up, I still, as someone who's in my very late 20s, adores Disney. The fact that this video game series was brilliant, just kind of was a staple of my childhood and has gone through me through life with me. Um And then you've also got probably one of the most amazing soundtracks ever. And it kind of, it takes some kind of classic Disney songs and some Disney music and kind of mixes in. There's some original stuff. And then all of the main soundtracks are sung by the fabulous uh, Hikari Utada uh, or uh, Utada Hikari even. Um, And yeah, I mean, for me, the Kingdom Hearts series is phenomenally good. It's not online either. So you don't have to worry about people screwing up your playthrough or sinking your ship. Um, You don't have to worry about, you know, I've got really, really far. Um, and someone's just gone and buggered up my playthrough. Um, and the, st- the story is beautiful. I mean, you know, I 
at the risk of sounding very embarrassing right now on a podcast that will be heard by people i have cried at those games so many times it's unreal um, me too because they are my boats sink into the bottom of the ocean I mean, is that really crying, or is that just you know feeling mildly heartbroken and sorry about the fact that you've just lost a little of money? The happy tears when I'm stealing everyone's <laughs> treasure as I've just sunk lost in the, to the bottom of the ocean. <laughs> so I um, I'll be honest. I I lost you when you said the word Hanson, and I, I then Dubot just started playing in my head, and I have no idea what the rest of that was. It was a lot of a lot of storyline to try and try and extract from. From from that, I'm that? trying to keep it succinct, and it's very difficult to keep is Kingdom that... Hearts narrative succinct because it's really confusing. So that's the um, that was the simplified version, was it? Um, it was a very very poor attempt at simplified version. I mean, ultimately, it boils down to you play a Sora who is trying to initially save his friends from the darkness. Then it turns out that actually the darknesses are being manipulated by a a, a very old man with a really cool beard and a really awesome coat who has made 13 clones of himself using different people's bodies. Even the simplest way you're trying to explain this. Shut up. Can't help. Let me finish. Stop interrupting <laughs> me. And let me finish. Right. And said old man has created 13 vessels for himself um, who are called the organization. And they all Voldemort? run in very cool black coats. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> they took the Horcrux idea from Harry Potter and made a sprawlingly complicated narrative out of something that was already quite complicated in the Harry Potter series. Yeah, it's weird how you're like explaining that, as I say, in the simplified version, and you didn't even bring up Mickey Mouse. Like he's in there Mickey somewhere. So Mickey Mouse is important in the game because he kind of represents. He's the, obviously the, he is the king of the Disney kind of Empire. kingdoms and stuff, and his yeah. quest is to try and stop the darkness from destroying the Disney worlds initially. And then it becomes a lot more complicated, complicated because you realise that Mickey's actually a. So, so it's really quite shit difficult. For I've done quite to... well at these arguments, to be honest. But this has been really shit. It's, it's <laughs> difficult for me to fire shots at um, by Square Enix characters and Disney Cross because I, I I like both. It's pretty cool. But here's my counter argument: <laughs> Who has not wanted to be a pirate? At some point, so I still want to be a pirate. Exactly. Like, that is my ultimate ambition. Who doesn't want to come out onto this sort of Caribbean-esque island and see their big ship just sat my, there waiting to sail? My rebuttal of that, my rebuttal of the counter argument, is that in Kingdom Hearts three, there is well, actually to be fair in Kingdom Hearts two, you get to do Pirates of the Caribbean with. Orlando Bloom and Kira Knightley doing the voice acting for Elizabeth Swan and Will Turner and Johnny Depp's in there doing Jack Sparrow. And then in Kingdom Hearts 3, and that's very much following Curse of the Black Pearl in Kingdom Hearts 2, in Kingdom Hearts 3, um, you go back to the Pirates of the Caribbean world, play through the tail end of um, At World's End in a very loose kind of way um, where you fight David Jones and at the end of it in a giant maelstrom but you get your own boat and you get to sail the seven seas around port royal in the pirates of the caribbean universe in your own ship and you get to blow things up on your own ship and then board the ships that you have beaten and finish them off and steal their loot so i would argue so you've got a Kingdom very Hearts small 3, part there of cfb it's quite a big saying. section of the game you can how how, spend... how much time? I mean, I, I've never played. King, I've seen Kingdom Hearts played. I've never played it. 
how much gameplay without stretching it too much does Kingdom Hearts 3 play? Because what I've read, it doesn't even sound like it touches on Sea of Thieves' Tall Tales, which is their very their own sort of single player. May I mode. may I just question are you asking about the the how long the game itself or just the pirate the section? Pirate the game the game itself we can go just for the game part because I still think that's so pretty small. Each So if I were to go Kingdom Hearts 1 2 3 and Birth by Sleep which are the three kind of like big entries in the game. Um, I have sunk easily 180 hours into Kingdom Hearts 3, 125 hours into Kingdom Hearts 2, 115 hours into Kingdom Hearts 1, um, and about 104 hours into Birth by Sleep. So you're looking at just from those four titles, bearing in mind you've then got other titles in there which are about 50, 30 to 50 hours long on top of all that. But considering earlier you told me you were going to play through dragon dragon age was it six times i'd say you may be at the end <laughs> of obsessive on uh gameplay um, i know i'm obsessive oh, no. I'd, honestly like i think it was earlier this year during the kind of second uk lockdown i think from january through to march i replayed every kingdom heart game because i could and i was just like reliving all of that story and spending hundreds and hundreds of hours just replaying through all of those games i have replayed those games more than i have replayed the dragon age games which is astounding considering how many hours i've sunk into dragon age games see while i will um probably have to get like interventions for both of you for obsessive behavior uh i do think going at kingdom hearts on a how long is the game Angle is definitely not a winning thing. Those games are stupid long. Oh, it's a JRPG. I, I read something about <laughs> Kingdom Hearts three saying it was around twenty five hours. That's the only reason I came came oh, at it no, from it's, that angle. I think it's that's probably like hours. almost. Yeah. I was gonna say it's twenty five hours if you decide to skip half the cutscenes and do the bare minimum to get through each zone. If you play the game properly and you enjoy the cutscenes and you play the game you know, properly, quote unquote. It is a very lengthy game. I think my first playthrough where I just did the story and none of the side quests and stuff came in at about 70 hours. Wow. Is it your classic um, PlayStation game, um, sort of OG PlayStation game, though, where there's more cutscene than actually playing? <laughs> as much yeah, as they're I mean, very original, pretty. That was like the thing that kind of like blew my mind about Kingdom Hearts. There was that I assumed it was going to be very cutscene heavy, but the cutscenes early on in the game are quite short as you kind of move towards the climax there are slightly longer cutscenes, and it all becomes very big and you've got the standard you know old school nor you know kind of naughties square enix bosses where they go from being a man to a demon to a horrible gigantic sprawling mass of something with a, got a couple of points to make on this though if i may um just having a look at how long to beat now main story is apparently 29 hours it's another 10 hours and a half on top of that for plus extras. Completionist is uh, 63 hours, um, meaning are you just not that good at this game? <laughs> I think it's because hours. I spend hours and hours and hours doing so much stuff in those games. Just like, sitting in like, a circle with Mickey like, and uh, Donald Duck. Just <laughs> pretty much. Reliving your childhood fantasy. <laughs> 
Oh, spent about spent about twenty. <laughs> spent about twenty hours just in Toy Story World having conversations with Buzz and Woody because I was like, "This is my childhood. This is great." <laughs> to infinity and beyond. <laughs> <laughs> on the sixth level. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> I gotta say, well, the other thing I wanted to point out, I have played, or I tried to play Kingdom Hearts 3. I didn't start from the beginning of the Kingdom Hearts series. There's not a chance that that's ever going to happen, I'll be honest. But um, but Kingdom Hearts 3 I did dive into. Cutscenes are most of it. <laughs> the first quite they large chunk not. of the game. When you move past... Okay, answer me this. Did you get... I got to my spaceship. Yeah, and so you didn't get place. to the actual world bits. You did the Olympic Coliseum bit right at the yeah. start, which and is all very much... Would... That wasn't even Kingdom Hearts 3. That was technically Kingdom Hearts 2.9. Well, it's all cutscenes, and it came on the Kingdom Hearts 3 download I, I had. So if you'd have mentioned Pirates of the Caribbean to me about six months ago, I'd have probably had a hard time coming back at it. However... As we all I know, know what you're gonna say. Rare have made a collaboration with Disney and uh, Pirates of the Caribbean and wrought um, five new tall tales. Uh, I've only played two of them so far, but they are absolutely epic. Visually, the way you get to engage with the characters from Pirates of the Caribbean. So this is an absolute dream for me. If anything, I think the reason I actually decided to play um, sea of Thieves, apart from the influence from from uh, Cali, was the fact that I loved Pirates of the Caribbean so much, um, and have rewatched them several times. So for them to bring that into this world is just um, phenomenal, and it was such a surprise as well. Um, mm. The fact that they've intertwined them as well, so they've got the Sea of Thieves lore and the Pirates of the Caribbean lore, and um, sort of brought them together but not so much that new players would come in who want to play the disney element wouldn't understand what was going on well um, i mean i just on that because i hadn't played sea of Thieves at all and then watching e3 and seeing the announcement that they'd made a deal with the very the rounded devil, devil um <laughs> i was like i remember saying to kelly i was like oh my god they've got pirates of the caribbean i actually want to play this game now yeah and I have played, I mean, I'm a bit of a geek and I've read the kind of, when I was younger, I read all the young Jack Sparrow books and stuff. And like the second one. When you say younger and you're still in your late twenties, I imagine. No, 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 no. Like when I was a kid, I actually read okay. all of the, kind of the books. <laughs> um, I've gone back to them recently to kind of listen to them on Audible because I'm a sad person, but hey ho, we've established that by my love of Kingdom Hearts. Um, the... They've actually touched on not just the kind of lore from the films they've touched on, because I think it's the second one where you battle mermaids and yes. stuff. Yeah. And there's a ship called the Barnacle, and that was all, it's very much tied to. So, with what I was impressed with when I played it through, was actually they've not just kind of gone for here is the film canon, they've gone for here is the wider Pirates of the Caribbean kind of lore and stuff. And I was like, actually, that's really good. Well, writing. I didn't know that. So, you've actually brought that to the table. I've actually strengthened your yeah. argument. So, thank you very <laughs> much. My favorite but game I just remember because we, we actually played together. We, we did, the, we did. The, the first couple together. And when we both, when we all um, met Jack, the fanning that was going on at the oh, time. Um, <laughs> and then you're straight in to a battle on the ferryman's boat, which is the Sea of Thieves. Um, Ferryman, yeah, death, yeah, death the transport place. on the ferry to that mm. into a full-on battle with the Dutchman, 
uh, with Davy Jones. I thought that was awesome. Which I is just, really cool, to be fair. I cannot explain to you how hyped I was at that time. Um, so th- this is just a small part of Sea of Thieves. It's, it's just been brought in. But for, for new players such as yourself, Riku, and um, anyone else coming into the Sea of Thieves, I think the uh, sort of excitement you'll get from that, if you're a Pirates of the Caribbean fan, will actually bring and keep players in the game um, and give them a bit of an insight into to what you, what, what's to come. See, um, firstly, I was, I was wondering how long Riku was going to talk about playing this game without acknowledging that he played with us. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so we, we, we played through these together. Now, I played Sea of Thieves from day one as well, um, but then I fell off like probably a year ago now almost. Like, I just kind of, for me, take, it takes five hours when you're playing. You have to put in five hours. It's hard to have a game that takes less time. So, it, you know, eventually I just kind of fell off and played other things. Um, and I hadn't played for a long time. This Pirates of the Bat Caribbean patch comes out or, you know, additions. I'm back on it. Like, it's so cool. <laughs> and, like, a lot has changed since I was last in the game, like, a year ago. So, yeah, they've done well with this uh, Disney Disney tie-in to bring back old players as well as bringing new new ones that we had spent quite a lot of time trying to encourage to play. <laughs> I mean, I'm personally excited to see what happens next with it. You know, I want to wonder if they're going to do a uh, Black Sails. Uh um, well, I mean, um, if you were to check out... With voice actors and some steamy, saucy sex scenes like we had in Black Sails. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> this is a child's game. <laughs> um, but yeah, like as it happens, if you go back onto the uh, the Robot Republic, robot-republic.com, there is a wonderful top five uh, Sea of Thieves crossovers I want to see written by yours truly. Um, so there is so much possibility that Sea of Thieves now has, now they've shown this. Now, my personal choices on there that I think would be amazing is Spongebob. And Sea of Thieves isn't so serious that they couldn't get away with it. That would be quite funny. I would love to just be doing a tall tale um, because that's how I think it would work best. Mm. And Mr. Krabs just be on there. (laughs) Yeah. Just like bleating his orders at me. (laughs) I don't know why I, I don't even know what accent I did there Northern crabs Ooh me bot <laughs> Ooh me bot Me bot, <laughs> me bot. Um, I'm going to voice yeah. act him I think That's uh, <laughs> Pitch that to Rare but yeah, just just if they did something where you went went to bikini bottom, maybe you're like in the same way they have ships on there that are somehow underwater but still are well, you know are sailing around, or, or that plankton comes to the uh, Sea of Thieves and is trying to I know, do his usual takeovers. Just imagine a chum bucket ship, just some sort of chum bucket submarine ship that you have to fight. Like how good? Cool. <laughs> and Patrick, cool. you're you're sat there with Patrick and SpongeBob either side of you. Maybe maybe yeah, Squidward's up in the crow's nest. It'd be amazing. Squidward's anyway. tied to the mast. <laughs> it's very difficult to rule anything out. I never point, ever yeah. thought they would get Disney on board. Um, it makes perfect sense though, doesn't it? Yeah, like, it it's really it's does. It really does. I just never thought it would happen. And they're making mm. a big deal of it. They've got billboards around the Disney parks. Uh, advertising this in, in America, which is how much they're invested in it. Um, I think there's going to be different collaborations with Disney. And also, every um, it, it was a lot more frequently, but it, it 
seems to have uh, gone into about a three month cycle now. Sea of Thieves, um, <clears throat> you don't, you can't purchase, you can't play to win basically. A anything, um, pay or play to win for that matter. You, um, everything you get is cosmetic. Nothing actually gives you an advantage. And they quite often release um, cosmetics from other games. So they've actually uh, incorporated uh, Halo. They, they have a Spartan ship set. So you've got you've got um, Master Chief on the okay, front of the ship and things cool. like that. Um, was it Banjo-Kazooie? I've Kazooie? got the Banjo-Kazooie. Yeah. yeah, i got the Banjo-Kazooie stuff. such um, like strange games. I guess it's because they're Microsoft. Well, Banjo-Kazooie is rare itself. Yeah, rare yeah but Microsoft. like Ori, Ori and the Will of the Wisps, that's another Microsoft Studio one, but yeah. it's not Yeah, it's not rare. And that, that ship set's awesome. And that's who knows the what they would do with face. this? It might not mm. just be ship sets. They might be planning something in. I can't imagine Master Chief's going to tear in and make a massive <laughs> hole in, the, in <laughs> an <laughs> island or something. But um, you, you, you get like an uh, elite they... ship sailing over glass in Booty Bay or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we've had Gears of War, and, and as well as the cosmetics looking cool, they're just reminding you, I think, of how big the backing to this game is. Um, mm. I know it's not huge on the scale of things, but for the type of game it is. I think week one it started with about 2 million, which really rapidly dropped off um, yeah. due to apparent lack of content. But just recently they, they've reached over 20 million players, um, which for this sort of game is... is Pretty phenomenal, to be honest. They, that they twenty really... million was before the Pirates of the Caribbean dropped as well. I yeah. assume it's probably gone yeah, up so quite it's a bit. Really, it's really gone for it. Um, mm. I actually really um, do like that and appreciate that about the cosmetics or the the things you can purchase. Because yeah, there is like that game is about skill. There's basically nothing in that game which gives you an advantage over someone else, other than getting good at that game. Um, and even then, it's like you know your gun does the same amount of damage as their gun. Like, it's also not that easy to get just boom headshots unless you're using a PC and therefore obviously cheating. Um, so like... <laughs> it also it depends on the environment. Um, I mean, I've been fighting ships before that I'm thinking, there's no chance I can lose this. Next minute, skelly, skeleton galleon comes out the floor, targeted on me, fires a, a cursed cannonball at me, my anchor drops... Suddenly, I'm I'm sat in the middle of the sea with my pants down. Oh, I know. Let's get rared, as we call it. Megalodon spawns on me. <laughs> Suddenly, I've uh, I've been boarded by the ship that I've probably been chasing for the last forty five minutes, and the, uh, I'm the nefarious I'm RNG cock up cascade. Yeah, it, it, it's really unfair. Uh, it has played in my favour. I mean, I've been chasing ships before, uh, or been being chased. And then suddenly the Kraken spawns and there's nothing better than running or chasing somebody who then just is completely stuck. Uh, and then you've got that decision. If you're running, I've got all this loot. Do I carry on and try cash it in? Or do I try and sink these guys, take what they've got and finish them off and rub salt into the wounds that they've just been <laughs> um, sort of completely foiled by the PV environment? Um, it is good. And I mean, this is good. This is almost one of the things that made it hard for me to continue playing in that you go on, you try and do a simple thing, but because you're going to get attacked by a Kraken, a Meg, you know, a skeleton ship, other players, what would just take otherwise like maybe an hour takes five <laughs> just because of the other distractions that happen. You know, seeing a shipwreck that you need to go dive on and have a look, 
And like uh, back in the day, especially when there wasn't too much to do when you're finding missions in bottles. Yeah. Like at PM Point where we weren't buying anything. But yeah, that, that, that game is just, it is a time sink, but it is a good thing. Like, the yeah. random PvE stuff is awesome. But yeah, it definitely means that you're never going to get a short game on that. It is Unless tough. you're fully I mean, fine with just sinking and on, jumping away. Um, like, like I did this week, actually. There's, there's a massive world event which is supposed to attract lots of people called Fort of Fortune. Usually that thing goes up, everybody descends on it because it's the best loot in the game in the quickest time. Um, hmm. And I sailed over. Um, there was actually a Reaper ship, which basically are the aggressive ships on the map of, of PvP players. Um, and I thought, right, this is going to be a spicy server. Let's go over, sort of get <laughs> get involved, see what happens. Turned out I had no interruption at all. I did the Fort of Fortune with uh, no issues at all, sold the loot, and I think I was done within an hour and a half, and that was my evening finished. Other times I've thought, oh, I'll be okay doing this skull fort, this is standard fort, and next minute I've got every ship in the server fighting over it. And um, <laughs> three hours later, everyone's sunk, all the loot sunk to the bottom, and <laughs> there's been no gain for the whole session. But that's the beauty of it. It's just so much that can without um, script. So we can actually try and like argue these two things together. Now, obviously, we just had Pirates of the Caribbean. Is it represented in both games? Uh, we've heard the story of Kingdom Hearts. Understood none of it, but I did hear it. It did happen. <laughs> that was said. Um, is there a storyline in, like, is there a narrative to Sea of Thieves at all? So, yeah, we've, we've got a couple of um, narratives. Um, just to finish off the Disney side and the Pirates of the Caribbean side, some of those, what they what CFE's called Tall Tales, I mentioned earlier about people coming in and ruining your game, Kingdom Hearts is offline. I think Rare have realised this with the Pirates of the Caribbean stuff, that you're going to get new players who aren't used to, to that interaction. Um, and they've actually, for some of the earlier tales, taken you out of that scenario so you're away from the players so you are it's just wholly pve yeah you're, you're basically almost solely pve so you're taken away and hopefully that then engrosses you to come into the game that you're then happy to to get involved which then takes me on to the the other tool tales uh of which i think there's nine um so this is the purely narrative side of sea of thieves the law um each one depending how good you are at puzzles and things like that and whether you get interrupted because this is so is this is completely in the pvp pv side of sea of thieves um <clears throat> so basically you talk to someone and then you'll get some clues and you need to find out where to go and these aren't the same every time so you could run through these several times and you'll have different islands different people to talk to and I'll be honest, playing through that tall tale with you um, last year or year, whenever it was, it was the one where we had to like look at, or go to different islands and we were looking at like things in the sky to get to them. Um, I think that's about the time I came to terms with how stupid I am. Like, just straight up had no idea what was going on for most of that tall tale. Like, we thought we were on to something, then we went to it and it's like, no. And ended up Googling the particular missions and realising we're like way off. So, yeah, yes, that, that, game, that, that for me at least has made me feel very stupid. <laughs> I think sometimes if you're not concentrating as much on the narrative and what the clues are and you've spotted a skeleton ship or a, a player galleon in the distance, you may get distracted, which I suppose is part, part of That's the nice of you to say, Krusty, but I'm just a, I, I accept that I'm just a dumb cunt. I, I was just trying to, <laughs> to keep you on side. It's fine. 
<laughs> so yes, <laughs> there, is a, means there is a story that's kind of been put on hold lately. I think for the uh, for, for the uh, Pirates of the Caribbean stuff, we're basically building. There is a lot to it, and to be honest, it's been going on for so long. I've forgotten some of it now, but we're building. Uh, basically, Captain Flameheart is. Uh, building an army and we've gone through several stages of seeing him in tall tales so we're seeing him as a as a ghost and uh, now basically he's, he's come out as some massive cloud head um, <laughs> and you're fighting his armada as like a world event which is actually really sick because he has a ghost ship armada you take that I mean, down this is sounding a lot time. like the kingdom hearts narrative to be fair that you know you've got this kind of mentioned baddie you don't really see and know a lot about, but you learn more about them, and then they become this gigantic. It sounds like they've just ripped off the Kingdom Hearts storyline. To be fair, <laughs> is this Captain Bold with a great beard? Look, until until Daffy Duck is refusing to help me up after I die. Oh my God! Stop being so anti Disney. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first, people. Callie is anti Disney. You know anti classic Disney. The worst thing about this is like, um, you know. Whatever, if I if I do get to the end of this and decide Kingdom Hearts isn't going through, I'm going to have the Disney fans, I'm going to have the weebs, I'm going to have the furries, I'm going to have all the weirdos from the internet after me. But let's just remember oh, I'm gonna that make sure um, of it. Disney are now involved with Sea of Thieves, so it's fine. Yeah. So, yes, there is <laughs> a story I mean, to be fair, that would be the next one. There's a lot of lore um, around it as well. They've got books, they've got comics. I know it's competing against a Disney game, so it doesn't... <laughs> going to be no way near as but much. But then if they've got... I mean, you're talking about <laughs> potential new crossovers and stuff. If Disney are in, in, you know, kind of supporting and helping develop stuff for Sea of Thieves, we could be looking at a potential Kingdom Hearts Sea of Thieves crossover because Kingdom Hearts... I think you've got the Square Enix problem instead there. Instead of like. a... So, yeah, but Square Enix aren't... They're not yeah. as... I fully believe you get Mickey Mouse in Sea of Thieves. Him and his... But then Disney own... Disney own a lot. Things. Although Kingdom Hearts is a Square Enix IP... Disney own a large portion of the IP and that was kind of like the whole thing around Kingdom Hearts and that's why it took so long for Kingdom Hearts 3 to come out because Disney were basically like no it needs to have all these things in it and we were like but we don't want those things in it Disney were like we're tough on the assumption that Joe Neat listens and watches any mention of um, his name or his game on the internet Joe don't don't do it Joe don't, <laughs> don't do a Kingdom Hearts crossover I can't I can't be dealing with that please do <laughs> I'll play your game more if you do and <laughs> um, actually reminds me I, i'll throw it back to kingdom hearts in a moment but it does remind me i, I was listening to a podcast uh the x cast i think and um, kind of funny games x cast uh they had joe neat do an interview on it which is pretty cool straight after like e3 um and they talked about this disney you know like uh, working together or whatever the collaboration and they pitched that to disney like within the first year or something of Sea of Thieves. Like this, that was pushed really early. And then they were told to sort of go away and what they can come, you know, come back with like what the idea, what they, what they wanted to be. And Disney liked it and agreed to it. So then it started to, I believe they just started to work on that around the time of um, COVID lockdown. Wow. But yeah, that, that had been in the works or in the discussion since like the beginning of Sea of That's Thieves. That's great. And it doesn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me as well if Disney were watching to see what happened with Sea of Thieves. Well it does. It's very yeah. rare you get a game numbers go up and up and up of consecutive players. Usually you have a mm. massive spike. And yes, the purchases go up, but not the consecutive players. Um, and Sea of Thieves has done that, which I guess has made Disney rub their hands together and think, yeah, 
we can we can do uh-huh. something. I can get in on that. Uh-huh. <laughs> and also, you then got Microsoft, which Microsoft and Disney yeah. together. Wow, that does Our sound house. like someone that will own the planet one day, doesn't it? <laughs> there are dystopian over. They'll probably eventually. buy Square Enix. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I'm at the point now where I wouldn't be shocked if Disney said we're going to buy Square Enix. Disney or Disney. Oh, we're talking about Microsoft, I'm sure, I right? D- I don't know. I can't see Microsoft buying because the amount of Tears PlayStation, the amount of <laughs> PlayStation exclusivity that comes out yeah. of Square Enix games and That's... the fact that it is a kind of staple that people buy PlayStation because yeah. a lot of us know that we're going to get really solid games, really good exclusives, and a lot of them are going to be Square Enix. Yeah, be a bit more from software. I, yeah, yeah I, like I, I quite like Microsoft buying things because it puts it on Game Pass, and I think it is a better choice for them, of course, because then it's on PC as well. But like, I, I do, I would feel like that's a bit of a cunty thing to do to take away like Final Fantasy. That'd be a bit of a last straw, wouldn't it? I thought Bethesda was a big one. I would quit gaming. I literally would never game. Yeah. <laughs> I would. I would just give up gaming. <laughs> if, that, if it was like Microsoft buys Screen X, I'd be like, I'd quit comedy yeah, but... gamer. I'd or. Robot Republic even, I'd quit that, I'd stop stream, I'd literally just be like, I'm never gaming again, I'm just going to sit here with my PlayStation but 2. you have an Xbox and I, it would I, be on Thieves. Game Pass. You have Sea of Thieves. I do, Riku. but... And when but you say barely use still, it, what are you playing right now? It's going to take you like a million Dragon hours. Age. I am playing Dragon Age on Xbox, but... Because of your Game Pass. I will I mean, always this is turning into a always, console war. We probably need to always, come away from always this. <laughs> well, actually, before we come away from it... Always run away from it. Has PlayStation got a donut? And is that donut sat in my kitchen right now? I don't want a donut. Well, I do, I frankly. And I, uh, yeah, pop around, man. I've got some. Uh, I've got some <laughs> Xbox donuts in the kitchen. Yeah. I mean, you're out fanning me right now. Um... <laughs> I, I mean, are you not going to buy one if you go and see it? And you I, see I it in the little Krispy Kreme stand? Fair, but I know exactly. you've got the t-shirts I mean, they are and the caps. <laughs> They're Krispy Kreme donuts. So I look at that and go, oh, I might You're have You're the 14-year-old who told his, told his gran that they love Xbox. And now they've just gone and raided <laughs> the shelves from everything they can. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was wearing some Xbox trackies earlier. <laughs> what a cool dude, is what she'd say. Look at you. Young man. One of your computer games. Oh, oh nice jacket. <laughs> Give a cap. At your Christmas. I've taken all the stickers <laughs> off of it. <laughs> yeah, na- na- my nan, Mickey Mouse, as we call it. Stomping Riku. In his <laughs> PlayStation gear. I don't know where this went. Sorry. I was going to say, I'm just going to go and hang myself now. It's fine. <laughs> But yeah, this went from my. I have some Xbox donuts. I just wanted to brag about that. I'll be honest. We can just, we can cut all this in editing, especially. I'm cutting none of this. <laughs> cutting none of this. People are going to have to be concerned for a while. It's fine. But yeah, I, I think it would be a dick mood if Microsoft bought Square. To be honest, I, I wouldn't even want that. I also don't really like. I say I don't like their games. Dragon Age Builders, fucking awesome. What you got Dragon from Quest me, then, Riku? What you got? Come on. Well, after all that. What you got for me? Yeah, t- <laughs> one of the most phenomenal soundtracks ever written for a video game is my final argument. I can see, I can I see have, crusts. Uh, oh, like the, man, I have waiting to bring out. Get out no, my no, no. hurdy gurdy right now. I'd hurdy gurdy no, no, no. the shit out of <laughs> you no, no, for no, no, the next no, no, no. hour. 
If no I could, way. <laughs> I could no play 1912 way. with about 20 other people in an arena lobby and just jump up and down. I could do that for an hour and be entertained. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's more about that. you as a person and the CFE's player base than you. anything else. I'll invite you to a jump in 1912. Is eight, no, 1812, isn't it? It's like the French one. Yeah. Oh no, that one. <laughs> Going into battle with that. <laughs> I would say, yeah, okay, Sea of Thieves, you can stand there and play instruments and play, you know, a handful of piratical music, but the actual, the proper soundtrack in the Kingdom Hearts games is phenomenal. I have heard. Yoko Shimomura. It's good. Yoko Shimomura and uh, Nubu Uematsu kind of teamed up on Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2 and Yoko Shimomura took over for Kingdom Hearts 3 and took... Kingdom Hearts 3 soundtrack was such a step up. Like, the soundtracks in 1 and 2 and all the kind of subsidiary interlinking games and stuff were really good. But then 3 came out and I was kind of sitting there and I was just like, if they've not got the soundtrack right, I'm going to be really annoyed. And the Kingdom Hearts kind of... Obviously, you've got... Yutada Hikari's kind of she she's kind of she's written and performed the opening songs for every single Kingdom Hearts game, every single one of them she's written a new song. Um, for three, she wrote two songs. One of them she teamed up with Skrillex, and it's this amazing J-pop dubstep hybrid, which is just epic. Um, but the actual soundtrack to Kingdom Hearts is beautiful. The kind of titular piece is called "Dearly Beloved," and it is just the most beautifully soothing piece of piano music ever made and the fact that you've got such a broad thing you know you've got like i said earlier you've got big disney pieces of music in there but you've also got a lot of original stuff and then you've got these phenomenal hybrid pieces of music where like um in the first two games you go to halloween town from the nightmare before christmas which is my favorite film which is another reason why i love the kingdom hearts game so much i actually got to play a video game where jack where i got to control jack skellington which was just it's like all my little teeny tiny emo (laughs) boy fantasies really um but you know, you have this beautiful, like, the kind of artistry that goes into the music that is written by Shimomura and Uematsu across the kind of, like, Final Fantasy games and the Nier games and everything else mixed with some of the best Disney songwriting from the likes of Hans Zimmer and Danny Elfman merged beautifully. And the soundtracks themselves just match the tone of the game. And the boss battle music in those games is second to none like obviously everyone kind of some of the most iconic video game music is from the final fantasy series you know everyone knows one winged angel from final fantasy 7 because it is probably one of the most recognizable pieces of game music exactly um but the kingdom hearts boss music is just huge you know and in three they took the kind of like the kind of end boss fight music which had kind of changed and adapted and shifted and altered and stuff across all the kind of various permutations of the Kingdom Hearts series, took something that was kind of like with a small orchestra and then basically took it, put it in front of a London Philharmonic Orchestra and just went, this is what we're going to do, this is what we're going to play. And what was produced was something that's called Forza Finale, which is quite possibly the most over-the-top, dramatic AF piece of music where you battle the three three of the four big villains from the whole game series and the whole saga and for me the music in that game is just very evocative of what's going on on screen it matches the cutscenes perfectly it matches the combat perfectly there are drops in the music that match kind of shifts within 
uh, boss fights so if you're shifting between phases and stuff there'll be drops in the music that are orchestrated to match those drops you've got these massive crescendos of mu of these kind of like big epic moments juxtaposed with these beautiful pieces of um, uh, fantastically stunning orchestral stuff with these very quiet calm pieces of music um, and yeah for me it would even if I don't win which if I'm going to be brutally honest based on the fact that Kali would you know happily get on his knees for Microsoft and any form of Microsoft free to play game and I'm probably going to lose I will stand by the fact that Kingdom Hearts Free's music is what takes a good or a great game and makes so, it absolutely fantastic I can't I just... deny that it, it would I, I haven't played it enough to know but being a Final Fantasy fan especially in my younger years I know the music is awesome and actually wanting to listen to that on the outside uh, outside of the game. So I, I can imagine how beautiful it is. But as much as I probably wouldn't argue in them in a comparative way, Sea of Thieves does have some good um, songs that they have actually released. So they, they tend to be in-game. They're just music, uh, instrumental, but they've actually added uh, singing over the top of them, released them on Spotify, uh, they're actually really, really good songs, really nice singing. Um, so I'd say they have made an effort in that front. Not on the same level. I mean, you don't have orchestras playing them. Uh, to, just to, just usually a hurdy-gurdy and someone singing over the top of it. Do you have a dubstep song in there? That is my question to you, sir. No, but I mean, it's not very pirate good theme. stuff that really hey, gets you, you hyped dubstep up. pirate music. Um, the music and the sounds in that game are fantastic. Um I kind of want to just bring in, um, from that interview I saw with Joe, uh, the music they've done for this Pirates of the Caribbean thing, they took a lot of the Pirates of the Caribbean music, but made it, sort of meshed it with the Sea of Thieves sound. Yeah. So, like, a lot of the kind of instruments and things they used for Sea of Thieves were, like, reproducing the Pirates of the Caribbean tracks. So, they, they, yeah, they, they've got some, uh, is it Hans Zimmer for those ones? I, said, I was going to say, I said to you when we were... Yeah playing the mermaid level and stuff i was like oh this is the music that's in uh parts of the caribbean 4 and you were like what i was like yeah when they're in like the little bay in the bay with the mermaids and they get attacked and everything this is the piece of music they played and you were like oh my god it is i was like that's really fucking clever it is cool so i, I, will, I was like i will oh give them i will like, give you i don't know that film <laughs> there is the fact they've done a really good job with the sound yeah. with like mm. the soundtrack and stuff in sea of Thieves, but i would very much say that the Kingdom Hearts music is. I would probably. I, I, I'd agree. But I, mean, I actually, I actually don't know the, the, the Kingdom Hearts specifically. Yeah, to, to complement the but game, like, um, so Thieves has done brilliant. Uh, they they really hype you up. I mean, for for example, something that's popped into my head is a skeleton fleet. So you're fighting wave after wave of um, skeleton ships, so sloops, galleons, and then you know when the captain comes. Because the music just changes that tone and the excitement, even now, that feels through me. So, wow, what it must feel for a new player when you get to that. And it's, um, I'm not going to tune it out for you, but, but it, it just, it really hypes you up. Um, so, so they really know what they're doing. The same with the Kraken spawns. Um, it's really so deep and dark. And then when you've got it, um, the, the sounds over the top of that, of it roaring at you slapping your ship the creaking the water going everywhere um funnily enough it's, it's great that I, i've actually met in game randomly not not set up uh one of the sound 
um, creators, one of the developers from Rare, um, who works on, he doesn't work on the music, but he works on the uh, on the sounds. And he's a really cool guy. He was just on a sloop sailing out into the middle of nowhere. We're um, lurking after him to see if he had any loot because he was an emissary. <laughs> Next minute saw his title um, and, and all Rare staff had a particular title and sales. Uh, next minute we're sort of chatting at a party getting to know him um, so that was just a really cool experience I had and shows that uh, they're quite down to earth, they're actually playing their own game in amongst everybody else which I just think is really cool um, but the sounds are just impressive not just the music but when you get yourself in a storm and you've got the wind blowing the waves crashing uh, and the sounds that come with that as well as the visuals, uh, your, your bell on the ship is just ringing with the waves. It's just so clever. Um, the lightning strikes hitting your boat and the, the fire that then comes with that. Uh, so I know, yeah, maybe not the soundtrack side of it, but the actual sounds, I would say, are phenomenal. Um, that, along with the visuals and the way they, they develop this all the time, just makes it such a fantastic game and it really immerses you into that world. Like, um, talking about the creeks, I can hear it now, like when your ship's filling up with water and you first hear that it's got too much water on and it's starting to like buckle under the pressure and then you realise, oh shit, I actually need to start patching this thing up. Like, yeah, it's, it's a terrifying experience. It is great. I think one thing you're not mentioning and you should is just because I'm obsessed with it, the water. Yeah. Oh the my God. water. You're, could you just give this to Sea of Thieves already? I mean, you're literally arguing Sea of Thieves with Krusty here. This is I'll make so an argument. biased. I'll, I'll make a pro argument for um, no, Mickey Mouse and friends in a minute. I day and argue with this. Um, as Callie said, the water, you can be one minute, you've come outside on a lovely Caribbean island, turquoise blue water, and it you can feel like you're there. You go under the water and it's calm. You can see the tropical fish. Next minute, you'll go into an area called the wilds. You've got this really dark water, eerie, that you really don't want to get in. Um, and the sounds change when you go underwater. It's as if you can you can hear almost like sea creatures that you don't know what. And then in the storms, the, the waves are just... They, they literally can cover over your boat the darkness you just you just want to stay on your boat in the light and get out of there as soon as possible it doesn't help now that they, they before the only thing you'd really find in the water was sharks um but now they've added sirens and you hear them sing when they're coming and it's like, oh no get on the boat and they're really powerful i think at the moment they might be overpowered if i'm being honest um but they suddenly surround you and they come up behind you start scratching you and when you're in one of these really dark areas um, such as the wilds or Hopefully not a storm. It's really foreboding. I've not even encountered them myself yet, to be honest. I, I, I do need to get back on and see some of the new stuff. In fact, we need to get back on and get through the Pirates of the Caribbean. We do. Yeah, yeah. yeah we'll definitely that, arrange that. Fair, we need to finish the Pirates of the Caribbean at some yeah, point. Yeah, I think yeah. what we'll, we'll have to do um, it on a Friday or a Saturday, I think, because it's a, is this a long one? And as you know, we need oh, a yeah. beauty sleep. So uh, <laughs> it has to be a weekend oh, job, I think. Um. So... Do you have any rebuttals there, Riku, for for um, final Mickey? Just what, nothing. Of, what from a uh, graphics perspective? Just anything. Like, is there any, the rebut- your rebuttal for this game and why it should go through in the next rounds of the robots cut. I think <laughs> my closing statement 
for Kingdom Hearts would be that it has probably one of the most deeply developed, arguably convoluted at times, narratives of a game series, but it has st stood the test of time. The first Kingdom Hearts game came out in 2003, I think, 2003, 2004. Um, and, you know, it's still going now. You know, they finished the Xehanort saga in 2018, 2019. Um, no, 2018 or 17, 17 or 18. I'll just check that real quick. It doesn't matter. They're the same number. But yeah, but, you know, it's <laughs> lasted 13 years from Kingdom Hearts 1 to Kingdom Hearts 3 with loads of little subsidiary ones in the mixture and stuff and loads of like, you know, we've had manga and um short one shot strips in kind of like various forms and whatnot and it's still going now. Um they are there is a lot of kind of suggestions that would imply we're gonna be getting because the way the Kingdom Hearts three ended, we've now potentially got an even bigger bad guy. And I know that me and a lot of Kingdom Hearts fans are kind of waiting with bated breath on when Kingdom Hearts four is potentially going to enter development. I mean I'm still sitting here waiting for an update on Final Fantasy 16, to be fair. So I'd imagine it'll be after that. Um, but I think it stood the test of time for a reason. And it still even now manages to kind of inspire people that like that kind of merge of JRPGs. Because at the time, Final Fantasy games can be really kind of intense and are, can be really, really serious. Like, you know, I think back to the, seven, uh, the FF7 remake although it was only a short section of Final Fantasy VII, it was so intense storyline-wise. There was there was a small element of comedy in it, and there were moments where it was a bit light-hearted, but most of it was so intense, whereas Kingdom Hearts gets... Because it's, it's got that balance between the light-hearted and the kind of seriousness, and you can always kind of like, you know, if things are getting a bit too intense in the main story, you can just hop in your little Lego brick ship and go fly around in your Lego brick ship and blow stuff up and kind of... I did like that bit. Pew, 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 pew. Oh, Crazing the ship, not the anything, ship. but... <laughs> building, like, building yeah. this cool ship with the two little things that float around you and then going and shooting and pew-pewing things. The only thing I didn't particularly like is the actual going around in the space. It wasn't like an open environment. That was, it was kind of guided. That was, yeah... It was like on rails, really. It was a lot better in 3. Oh, 3 the one I mean. Like, yeah, I mean, no, as you kind games. of progress through, I think it's... They are quite linear. In terms of narratives, they are linear narratives. Obviously, you have a choice. So, like, you go to an next area and there's, like, world A and world B, but you kind of look at them and there's, like, a suggested power level. And one of them will be 12 and one of them will be 14. And you're like, I'm going to go to the level 12 one first because I'm level 12. And if I go to the level 14 one, I might get the floor wiped with me. Um, but you can always do the harder one first and then do the easier one. I did that on a couple... I did a kind of fresh playthrough earlier this year of the Kingdom Hearts series and I did the harder one first and was like... Yeah, no, there's a reason I do the easier ones first when I play through these games, because the enemies are harder, and everything does scale. Like, the way that the kind of the AI program and stuff with the enemies, they scale with you as you're playing through, so if you go on to the harder world and you are lower level, you are going to be in for a challenge. It's doable, but you're going to be in for a challenge. Um, and the replayability as well of the games, you know, most people will play it through on either normal or proud mode first, but then to play it through on critical mode, which is the hardest difficulty, you need to be on your shit 
for that game because like you need to be on top of blocking on top of maneuvering on top of magic and making sure that donald does his fucking job as a he healer. never does his fucking job he never does his job as a healer it is a kind of you know i mean i, I hate that I, we duck. joke we joke but to be fair donald duck is the archetype healer in any memorphaga in that i will heal you when it's absolutely necessary but not if it comes to the cost of me doing damage i see where you learn your healing in our D D games Oh, it's where I learned my healing from Final Fantasy XIV. You're just hoarding a map, aren't you, just in case? <laughs> Keep the I, it's an emergency. Healing is for emergencies only. You're the healer, damn it. If someone's on death's door, you heal them. You don't need to keep them freaking maxed out the whole time. It's pointless. Also, it builds hate. <laughs> but yes, no, it's, my final argument would be that they've stood the test of time for a reason, and it is the story. The characters are just incredible even the villains like they have some of the most memorable like xehanort is amazing. i was gonna you say know, they're incredible because disney created them <laughs> years and years no, ago the, well the disney <laughs> the disney villains are brilliant and you know be able to kind of like fight maleficent at the end of kingdom hearts one and then for her she has this amazing moment i'm not it's, it's not even a spoiler warning because if you haven't played kingdom hearts 2 by now it's been out for bloody years so don't moan in the comments um there's a moment in kingdom hearts 2 where Maleficent gets resurrected and she saves your ass. She literally just like <laughs> drops down and basically tells you to run and then holds back this gigantic army. Wait, so she's a good guy? Own. No, no, no. She's still a villain. She's still doing it all for her own games, but she's realized that she's been double crossed. And okay. obviously, as the mistress of all evil, she is not happy about oh, dear, the fact oh, that she's dear, been double crossed. Oh, so she's just like, no, nah, you go do your thing. I will hold them off. You go kick his ass and then I will take over from him once he is dead. Um, but yeah, and it's it's not done yet. You know, we had a mobile game which dove more into the kind of very deeper lore of Kingdom Hearts, which I did play when it first came out, and it became very well. It was a mobile game, and I'm not a fan of mobile games. Um, but yeah, I it stood the test of time for a reason, and it is because the characters, the music, and the storyline are just they work very good on so many levels. So an overcomplex Germany... story and some sick tunes. With Disney's characters is what I've got from that. Basically, yeah, it makes a really fucking good game. <laughs> that's actually not a bad simplification of it. Though. That's that's all right. Disney characters, sick soundtrack, overcomplicated story is probably and, a good and s- a main character that has the most JRPG hair you have ever seen in your life. He does. That was a compliment, yeah. by the way. <laughs> oh god. Yeah. Um, do you have any final remarks? Yeah. Across? So let's let's wrap this up then. So. You can be a pirate, but you can be what you want to be. If you want to sail around and stack 50 gunpowder kegs on your boat and watch it blow up in a nice pretty display, you can do that. I often do. You want to get a, uh, a treasure map from the gold hoarders and go digging up some chests, you can do that. You can go explore their golden vaults, which is some awesome new uh, addition to the game that I think is fantastic. You get a compass, you then need to track down parts of the parchment, which then gives you parts of a map. And if you get the X marks the spot on the first one, brilliant, you can, you recognise the island as a seasoned player, you can go dig that up. You then find a, a vault key, you put it in, the, you go to that island, and then the vault opens, big stone wall starts to move and rumble, and then you go in, and it's a race against the clock. Two... Can't tell if you're um if if you're trying to take you know ask a question. Did or you a, a chinchilla? 
No, I'm pointing at the chinchilla behind Oh, me. sorry. I thought <laughs> okay. Mickey was trying to ask me a question. Well, it was question. a question. Like, I thought he was like, going to ask can me I get if he bathroom? could sail with me. But he was getting so excited <laughs> at my rumbling concrete. You can't go interrupting someone else's selling the game with your cute furry little animals. I mean, it looks I can't, but you're not going to win by doing adorable. that. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to win at all because Callie's been bloody fanboying over CFE through this entire argument. Uh, so we're rumb- it's more we're the hatred for Mickey, away. but let's, let's carry on. We're carry rumbling on, away on. here. We're running into the vault and then it's a race against time, basically, to solve this um, this this riddle, basically, in the stone walls. You can find medallions to help you to, to decide what it is. Basically, you have to jump up in this cavern and there's loads of loot in there as well. So you want to get all these chests down to the floor and outside of the vault in the time or the the water's going to fill up. You're going to drown. They shut the door, you drown. Anything that's still inside, you don't get. Meanwhile, in the meantime, you don't know what's happening to your boat upstairs. Um, somebody could be uh, sailing off of it. Someone could be kegging it. Um blowing it up and sinking it um or, or it could just be fine so there's all these things that you can do depending on what you'd like to you can go around and kill hordes of skeletons you can hunt players down there's a new faction well i say new it's about a year old now called the reapers faction and their bonuses come from handing in other players loot and taking their flag from sinking their ship which is just awesome when when you're handing this in knowing it was somebody else's um <laughs> it's the theft that makes it so delicious yeah, it's just so the it's just so the extra good. ingredient is crime so if you want you can um you can go to islands and chase pigs and chickens around and then take them back and cash them in for money for the merchant alliance um quite recently they've added a new quest for the merchant alliance called lost shipments and basically the merchant alliance's ships have been sunk so you have to sail around you get a rough route of where they went and then you find floating barrels um, which are signaled by birds you you then find uh, clues which tell you where to go next in a, in a rough capacity because you're in a big open sea is uh, you're not going to find the exact point um, and also you you find the captain's key sometimes amongst these chests um, and then eventually you'll you'll hopefully find the the merchant shipwreck, and then the, you can open the captain's quarters, which is just full of loot. And they're, they're constantly adding things to this game. Uh, since day one, they've just been releasing so much content. And as we can see with the Disney stuff, uh, the new enemies in the game, such as the uh, crustaceans and the sirens, they're not slowing down anytime soon. Um, and it's just so exciting to see where they're going to do going to go next and there is things to do for seasoned players there's um emissary ledgers so you're competing and you can see your position on how much loot you have handed in for each um of the trading companies Uh, so there's something competitive for seasoned players to do but if you don't want to do that as a newer player you don't have to and nothing really negative happens apart from you don't get the the latest and best cosmetics but you get no advantage to having that so uh, a day one player could go out to sail and be sank by a day one player um, if something goes wrong or they have a good enough crew um, so anything can change from each time you sail the seas all right so 
obviously, I feel like I've made my decision. Um, now, Kingdom Hearts, like, I've not, I've made it fairly clear, like, I have no real interest in the Disney side of things. Mickey Mouse can fuck right off, like, especially that that duck as well. He, but I think the thing for me, because I have played Kingdom Hearts three, the thing that makes me not particularly like it is the gameplay not being that good. The the actual fighting. Which is what the you know majority of the gameplay between the long ass cutscenes is is fighting and it's a hack and slash, but it's just not that good feeling as a hack and slash goes, in my opinion. Um, yeah, Covalent story and all that. Like, I mean, I'm giving this to Sea of Thieves. The, the, there's no shock or surprise here. Like, I'm a big fan. <laughs> the silence at the lack of shock. <laughs> Look, there are games, plenty of games I would rather play than Sea of Thieves. For me, like I'm not obsessed like Rusty is. I stopped playing quite some time ago because of the, uh, but I've been brought back in with you know, with the Pirates of the Caribbean. However, nothing made me want to keep going back to Kingdom Hearts, and well, I want to you play. play it. You started at three. Yeah, because of you I can only tolerate so you much didn't nonsense. Understand the story. You didn't understand. <laughs> the no stage. one understands the story. I it doesn't understand. Make, it's the just story. nonsense. Proper pl- fans of a series understand the story more or less. Final Fantasy, but for some reason Mickey Mouse has shown up. It's stupid. It's actually, it's not. Okay, the fun, <laughs> it's not. A, it's not a Final Fantasy game. It is completely original. It it's just off in the game. It just happens to have Final Fantasy characters in yeah. it as cameos, so, and it also happens to have Disney characters in it as main characters. See, now one thing though, I would give like the soundtrack. I've not listened to that, but I have listened to Final Fantasy soundtracks, and I know the people you're talking about who have recorded that. Fully grant, like it's probably got a lit soundtrack, um, but. <laughs> For the viewers, the pirate lord is proud. See my wonderful face right now. I look very unimpressed. I'm taking your. I might just fade this podcast out during that song. It'd be fantastic. Can I just say though, as much as I appreciate your arguments and the game and the soundtrack. I have just about brushed the surface with Sea of Thieves. I've barely touched on any. There was a lot you missed out, and like you weren't talking about, and I was tempted to jump in, but it's not my argument I to make. I haven't even mentioned the, ocean the Devil's Roar. Really? Whole it was, it's not your argument to make. I barely made any you made, arguments. You pro. made about four arguments uh, for it. Two, I will two, hold this but... back, though, because there's obviously other people. Um, Plus, I um, would like you to come back on the show some point, and we can just talk Sea of Thieves for a couple of hours, like not as part of the competition. So note down the things you haven't talked about. Can that's we what we can play pick up some next music time. in the background? Is it just? Come on, Riku, you know the song. I'm staying quiet in protest. And now it's included. But you want to You a pirate's life for me. Oh, random other interesting facts um, from that new expansion bit. You know the uh, where it's going like Dead Men Tell No Tales? So that's from the original ride, the actual like voice sample. But then they needed to re-record, you know, or record additional things. They used this, the old school like 19, like 60s like recording equipment to record fresh material of the same thing so that it would have the same sound as what was recorded for the ride. We felt like we were in a ride when we were playing. It was so good. Yeah, I did that. that, It was a walking sim for that, but like it did just feel like I was on a Disney ride. I loved it. As a season (laughs) player, that is what I kind of wanted. I just wanted immersion. Mm. 
take me out yeah. of the sinking people and all that. that. That's that's what I want. I wanted to be in Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, but yeah, I'll, and it's I'll certainly very come good back job on and chat about it till um, till I'm blue in the face. <laughs> Until you're on the ship of the dead. Yeah. <laughs> we need to get someone on who's going to sit here and fan person over Kingdom Hearts with me. I feel like I've not done it enough justice. The, like problem Gossie, is, I, were... the problem is we don't generally allow children on the show and like, that's oh, uh, kind of a up. child's game with Mickey Mouse. It's not a child's game <laughs> at all. Oh, thanks for listening, folks. <laughs> We're not done, but thank you. <laughs> Riku, has left. Riku has left the podcast. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, sorry, that has to win. See if he does go through. Someone else is going to have to come and represent it for the next round, of course. But... Uh, so maybe maybe Riku would have played enough by then. He'll yeah, you, you, you no, could use my arm. I'm not going to rep Sea of Thieves. I will go up against them. I will go up against this with The Witcher 3 and just sink this fucking ship. Again, I've, like a game I've yet to complete because I just can't. Now get I'm getting a little bit but of a vendetta against Riku. Game of the decade. His Skyrim uh, awards me nothing. Because I may go up against Riku and his Witcher with Skyrim. Um, oh, that would be epic. That would be a challenge yeah. as well. I, or, I'm not sure I'd even I'd happily represent Red Dead Redemption 2. Oh. So, so, anyway, sorry, this is that has been over. the new robot cup uh, we've yet to name. Um, whatever the stupid one we said earlier, that would do for now. But please uh, feel stupid. free to just hit us up on Twitter. With, uh, it's fantastic. What even was it? Rob- I can't remember. Trophy? The Robolicious Trophy. Yeah, that's it. Trophy. Yeah. <laughs> so unless we come up with something better or you guys can email me in or Twitter me in with something I would like, uh, that's probably going to be what it's going to be. So where can we catch you first off, Riku? you got a few new things going on? Uh, yeah, so you can catch me um, on Twitter at Riku underscore Noct uh, or on Twitch at Riku Noct. Um, where I am streaming Bloodborne at the moment. I'm continuing the misadventures of Rufus Legrand every Monday night, seven till nine, uh, British summertime at the moment, and then when we eventually go back on the clocks, because I might still be playing it in October uh, on GMT, um, which is fun. So please do come and join me. It's it's a riot, and unfortunately on Monday I have to battle Rom the scary spider and his horrible horrible children. I hate his children so much. Yes. Honestly, hated it. I, I tried it last night. I, I think it was like a 40 second run, ran in, hit him, got mauled, and was like, nope, nah, that can wait till next time. Sounds horrendous. <laughs> I need to sleep tonight. I was um, horrible. And, Crust, where can we find you and where are we going to be able to find you? Want to tell us a bit about what's coming up? So, I uh, I stream pretty sporadically on um, Twitch. Uh, King One Crust is my gamer tag. Uh, I'm sailing all the time. Uh, it's just. See what I'm up to. Might be sinking people. Might be doing some tall tales. But yeah, come follow along. And um, I was more referring to the upcoming podcast. And you can also find <laughs> uh, in, in around three weeks' time, 26th of August is is when we're going to be recording a new uh, wrestling focused podcast. Um, it's going to be really good. Just going to be going through the week's events and any special news we we feel like bringing up. Um, Nothing too serious, but uh, it should be good fun. So, yeah, come and listen. And that's along with, uh, well, two people, but one of them being Sean Keeney, who was on the podcast a few weeks ago, uh, representing FIFA. So, yeah, he knows a lot more about wrestling than he does about computer games. (laughs) So, yeah, look forward to that. Uh, We, of course, are now the happy citizens of a robot overlord um, over at Robots 
hyphenrepublic.com. So please check us out there for all of the news, gaming, etc., etc., and all our other podcasts are on the network. That's Red Scare, Red Sun, uh, and soon to come the potentially un- un- unnamed wrestling podcast. It depends if they're going with it or not. Um, and yeah, whatever Dos for Daniel is in Robot. Bleep, bleep, bleep. Boop, boop. Bleep, boop. <laughs> Later, guys. Bye. Bye.